It's the journey, not the destination. This journey is about the process of learning, growing, helping, and waking up to who we are along the way. Let's explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, and doing the things that light us up. I'm your host, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and welcome to It's the Journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. So today, I'm super duper excited to be sitting down with Tonye Mo. Tonye is an artist who is in Norway, and I found her once again through the magic of the Instagram algorithm. You know how that is, where Instagram's like, hey, you might like this page. And I did. And so I followed Tonye... I don't know, maybe about six or seven months ago. And I started following her because of her, well, she's an artist and her artwork is beautiful and amazing, interesting. But in addition to just the talent that she has and the content, the content of her art is also the content that I found interesting of the actual creation process where she shows the little bits and pieces of that. And then also bits and pieces of her daily life in Norway. Uh, in the last six months, I've seen the the change in the duration of the days and the train change in nature, and that's one of my favorite things about travel is seeing seeing things I've never seen before, or things that are different, or things that are unique. And so I'm I'm uh, super appreciative of 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 that. So that's why I followed Tonya, but uh, I reached out to her because some things she said about her diving into art therapy and how that's helped her and wanting to kind of share that message a little bit more. So uh, let's dive in in, uh, and chat with Tonya. Tonya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much for all the kind words. That's very encouraging. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So um, I'm an artist and I've done some I've done a course of in art therapy, which was uh, due to COVID, ended up being a fair amount longer than uh, it should have been, which meant that we actually ended up diving even deeper and got more, you know, more uh, stuff <laughs> for our money. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so it was a fairly prolonged journey where uh, at the beginning, uh, the thing that actually prompted me to do that was that I was completely stuck creatively. And my whole life I've been, uh, you know, really good at drawing and I've created all my life and I was an artist and and to be completely uh, dry, so to speak, creatively was extremely frustrating. Uh, and so that's why I started my art therapy course. Uh-huh. Uh, but I can go back a little bit because there's... Um, there's a bit of a story before this. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's start. You, 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 you have, uh, you tra- you're in, you're in Norway now, and according to your bio, you were born there and you're back there. But you made quite a journey uh, in different parts in the world before you before you arrived where you are now. So yeah, let's talk about that and, and some of the because yeah, you're, you're not, you know, you, you've you've had some you've had uh, some success and recognition that's just incredible. And so yeah, let's let's talk about your journey to to. Up before COVID, because it's 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 exciting to to see. 
Yeah, well, I guess I could go on for days, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh, I've had a lot of experiences and I've been fortunate enough to live in in Scotland for many years where I did uh, my first education, which was in design and craft. Uh, mm -hmm. Then uh, went to Australia, where I eventually did a master's degree in visual arts. And uh, yeah, I've had some very cool things happening career-wise. I've had some big public commissions. Um, and what happened before COVID, or this was in 2014, actually, which was like my a really, really good year for me, both personally and, you know, artistically, professionally. Uh, and it's interesting because I remember thinking in 2014, yes, I've made it. This is it. <laughs> I've found the red thread. I've found the formula. And I'm just going to keep on doing this. And and what happened was, first of all, was that I, um, I uh, gave birth to my son. Uh, uh -huh. So when all of when these really amazing things happened, I was nine months pregnant uh, when I got an email saying I'd been included in the book One Hundred Painters of Tomorrow, which is wow, uh, just amazing and uh, you know a, a great achievement. Thousands of people applied, and I was the only yeah. Norwegian. Um, so that felt really, really good. Uh, yeah, thanks. And also, I was, that same year, within just a few days, I was accepted into, um, it's called Høstutstillingen, which is the annual uh, big exhibition here in Norway, which is, uh, which is also something that's hi highly valued, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the series of paintings that got me into the book and that made me win this great public commission and that got me into the uh, annual exhibition in Norway were the, these, um, and I, I, I'm happy to say beautiful paintings. I love them. And I'd happily do yeah. things like that for the rest of my life. <laughs> however, <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, um, yeah, those paintings, I'll, I'll just say a few words about them. They were this combination of geometric shapes and, and, uh, sort of nature-inspired, impulsive, intuitive paint strokes. So mm -hmm. you had these two opposing forces, you know, you had the, the strict, rigid geometrical shapes, and then you have the impulsive uh, looseness. And it's, it's easy to describe, and it's easy to like, and I mean, everyone loved them, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> including my neighbor, like, as well as the, the people who decide, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so I was like, okay. Which is hard to do, Excellent. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a win-win. And um, I thought to myself, yep, this is it. I've cracked the code. I know what to do. And I'll just keep doing this forever, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the universe had other plans. <laughs> uh, because I kept on trying. I, credit to me I kept on trying for years like I didn't give up I'm very stubborn so I kept on trying using that same formula the boxes and the nature the impulsive and the the more rigid uh-huh and it just wasn't happening 
And eventually I became burnt out and was on sick leave. And basically the doctor told me to do something enjoyable. And I couldn't even find anything within myself, no impulse to do anything. I remember just having a goal of being able to go outside the house Mm-hmm. once every day that was my goal did i enjoy it i'm i'm not sure i did like i didn't have any uh impulse or inspiration i was flat yeah there was no creative urge but there wasn't really an urge to do anything because i was just flat and tired right. and burnt out uh yeah so uh that's when i discovered art therapy yeah. And so I've, I've spoken a little, I, I've, uh, I've spoken about therapy and I've had an actual therapist on my show before. And I, uh, in my book, I joked about this, this person I met that helped me with my furniture being my art therapist, but I've never actually spoken with anyone that did art therapy. So maybe just really quickly explain what that is for people. Um, and then, and then we'll dive into like what you got out of that. Well, the type of art therapy that I did, I'm not sure that it's representative of, uh, uh, you know, traditional art therapy. Okay. We, we do do a lot of expressing ourselves through, um, uh, through art and through drawing and painting, but we also did a whole bunch of other stuff like energy work. Uh, we worked, dreams were a big focus. Uh-huh. So we, we learned how to uh, work with our dreams, how to, um, you know, become aware of what the dreams are trying to tell you. We did a lot of, um, uh, it, was, it was a lot of, it was founded in Jung's work. Mm-hmm. Um, Which makes sense with the dream work. Yeah, yeah. And so that's when I, I, I remember thinking before I started doing that, that the most boring thing in the world was listening to people's dreams. <laughs> and, and now, guess what? That's what I do every morning. You want to know what I dreamt last night? And my son is like, mom, it's actually kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but I find them the most fascinating thing in the world now you know now that i've learned to to understand what they're trying to say have you always been have because i've always been a very vivid dreamer have you always been a vivid dreamer or always been aware of your dreams because some people some people have to learn to pay attention I think we all dream or they say we all dream, but then sometimes people never remember them. So was that always something there? And then you just learned some new tools for how to look at them and use them? Well, my mom actually made a comment last time I saw her and she said, oh, you used to, you used to always come up to the kitchen and say, oh, listen to this, listen to this crazy thing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just your way of being. So I think I've also heard that creatives tend to dream more, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure if there's any hard evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I've found is that the more I focus on them and the more I write them down, the more I dream. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's. I've always been. I've always had lots of lots of dreams and very very intense dreams and very colorful, story driven dreams. But when I was in therapy and my therapist asked me to keep a dream journal, 
um, just like anything in life, when I was given the task to remember, I remembered a higher percentage of them because sometimes he's his, I'd wake up. He said, just, if you wake up in the morning when it's fresh, just write down a few phrases, you know, <laughs> cookie jar, Volkswagen or whatever the big things were. And then sometimes I'd see these scribbles and I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'd remember the whole thing just come sometimes from just a couple of words. So that was helpful yeah. for me. You keep a dream journal. Oh yeah. I'm on my, I don't know, sixth or something. I, I started doing that when I started my uh, art therapy uh, course because they, you had to take notes anyway. And dreams were so important we would sit in a group and share our dreams and we would work through the dreams. And, uh, and I've just continued doing it because they're, it's, they're just too funny and too, like, just too clear. You can't ignore them. <laughs> it's, I've tried yeah. to, I've tried to kind of go, no, do you know what? It's too much. It's too much hassle. It's just too much work. I'm not going to do this anymore. And that following night, I'll dream that I've killed two women and I'm carrying their corpses around. And <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so I basically get very clear messages from my dreams that, no, you, you're not, you can't just ignore us <laughs> or me. Yeah. I, well, I think it's, I think it's, it's you know, we're spending a, a third of our life asleep, you know, and our brain, our brain is still working. So to ignore that is to ignore a third of your, your brain's output or <laughs> this yeah. <is> a lot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, the, okay. So in the, in the therapy, they, they kind of taught you to hone in on that and learn to pay attention. And then and you, know, I, you told me some stories before in our pre-interview about how sometimes how your dreams have, you're using your dreams to inform this path that you're on, which, which I think is really cool. So let, if you don't mind, let's, let's dive into that. Yeah, I think that's probably the one thing that uh, takes up the most space in my life at the moment outside of family, you know, uh, is that I'm getting very clear messages from my dreams and I'm trying to honor it and I'm trying to, and it's, I mean, being brave and vulnerable and, you know, all these things that a lot of people are talking about at the moment. Yeah. It's coming up in my dreams as well. And I'd, a part of me would much rather just stay hidden and, or just at least be just an artist and not say so much and just make cool pictures and sell them and that's it and post maybe an image or two every now and again. But that's not what my dreams are telling me. <laughs> <laughs> They're telling me <laughs> to open up and to be vulnerable and to speak and to show the parts of me that I don't necessarily want to show and it's mm -hmm. really hard and that's my yeah. that's where I'm at at the moment but I'm doing it <laughs> yeah well that that's what that's what I mean there's a lot of every kind of person on social media a lot of artists and a lot of whatever fitness people and whatever it is and it's it's the people that somehow stand out that are that <clears throat> that draw me and so there's a lot of artists that do just show a picture of their art and uh, maybe just a, a nice picture of themselves and that's, that's it. But I, I love, I love um, also not only seeing your process, even, even in one of your, on your webs, on your website, your, your bio picture, you've got, I think on your dress, it's in black and white, but it looks like there's paint on your dress or your, okay. your shirt. 
Yeah. So that's, that alone, I mean, I love seeing the, the gritty part of, of the process, not just the end product. And so something else you said when you were talking, you, this, you're telling me a story about how, you know, you had this, you had this, this peak experience and this, all this external recognition. And you're like, I just wanted to keep doing that. And my, in my brain popped the idea of two um, music groups. And, and it, <laughs> while you were talking, I, I couldn't stop thinking this. I'm like, okay, there's like ACDC who made one album and has kept making the same thing for 30 years. Right. And then there's the Beatles who in 10 years, not only transformed themselves entirely, but an entire music industry. So I was like, Oh, Tonya is more of like a Beatles. Like she's not meant to, to, to keep producing. I want to hold your hand for a decade or 10 decades. <laughs> or is ACDC can keep doing the same thing and people love it. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you comparing me to the Beatles. That's, I'm going to take that with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, artists, some, some artists can just do the same thing and then that's it. That's my thing. And then they do it for, you know, you see 70 year old, rock stars still acting like they're 20 singing about a heartbreak, you know, versus other artists are able to, to to change and grow and mold and, and, uh, and that's exciting. So, yeah. (laughs) No, what I would really like to know is if other artists, because every time I try to do things, every time I try to put myself into a box and go, okay, well I can just narrow it down a little bit and just make, just make, figurative paintings then only figurative paint like this is my tendency it's very strange but I just really want to narrow things down and make them a little bit more neat and manageable because being able to do everything it's so much and it's overwhelming (laughs) so I think like okay I'm just gonna what about can I just please universe please god can I just make what about this and every time the dream comes in and tells me in the most creative way ever like I've been told this now by my dreams maybe 20 30 times no you're not going to do just one thing (laughs) no sorry (laughs) and so I'd be really interested to know how other artists I'm going to do this maybe one day when I have lots of followers on Instagram I'm going to (laughs) do I'm going to yeah please can you tell me do you, you you artists who only paint geometrical paintings or those of you who only do portraits, do you ever dream of painting other things? I'd love to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's like we're, I think we're all on our own unique path and destiny. And sometimes it's sometimes it takes those external forces to 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 guide or push us or on, on a path. You know, even like when you were saying that, it reminds me of um, Michelangelo's story. I mean, he wanted he wanted to just be a sculptor. And it was literally the Pope that kept forcing him to paint. And he painted the Sistine Chapel not wanting to do it, <laughs> which is <laughs> – so it's, it's amazing, exactly. right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> at least the Pope hasn't started bothering you yet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I shall You're be right. prepared. <laughs> you never know. I'll paint the ceiling for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, something else that, that you said reminded me of, um, a more universal application, not, not just in art, but in life in general. And that, 
when I had a business for many years and uh, a financial planning business. And when I, when I launched my business, most of my clients were business owners. And I went to them for advice on, you know, things that they wish they had known or things I should look out for because I was taking a big risk to do that. And one of them said something I'll never forget. He said, you know, always plan your next year as you're, as if you're coming out of a really bad year, because he said, I've had my worst, I've made my worst decisions after my best years financially, because you've got, you're brimming with confidence. You're like, Oh, I'm just going to do that thing again. I'm unstoppable. I'm just going to do that. And, and, um, I found that to be so true. If I kept myself, if I kept myself hungry in a way and open and, I don't know. Some I don't know. If I, I kept a, if I kept that mindset of of working to to uh, I don't I know how to describe it. In, in that case, it was somewhat of a defensive mindset, but not not trying to like not trying to be overly confident about whatever I had achieved and replicate that, but just continue to like look at well, what was needed for this year and what am I feeling and that kind of thing. So I don't know if that resonates at all. It, well, what I'm thinking then is it's maybe the difference between going into the head too much and becoming too uh, intellectual and thinking that you can just plan it. And, and there's a coldness to it. Whereas if you follow your impulse and you follow your gut and your heart, there is a deeper level of trust and there's, there's going, it's going to be more fresh, you know? Yeah. It's the same with the the, uh, creative journey as well. If I try to just strategize my art, that's what I did when all of the, when all of the successes happened, I'll just keep on doing this. Where does that come from? That's not coming from the heart. It comes from me thinking I can follow a formula to, to create even more success. And so my main, Yeah. yeah, my main, uh, my main motive is actually creating more success, not staying in the flow of creativity and expressing what's inside of me in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what differentiates art from, from a craftsperson, a craftsman, you know, like art. And it's, 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 it's difficult. I think that my, some of my favorite art is the most difficult to describe even if why I like it, I just, I just know I do. Um, and maybe someone that's an art critic or art historian or whatever have, would have a more refined um, vocabulary for that. But even like Eckhart Tolle one time talked about, he said, one of the reasons people love travel, especially to foreign countries or someplace they've never been is when they see a plant or a tree or an animal they've never seen before. And he's like, because there's no word for it, you just are in absolute presence with it. And that, that he said that, and that made me really think about like artwork that I see that just, just strikes you because, you know, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I don't have an education in, in art and design and, and technique. So uh, I can just sit with it and, and let it do its work on me. Uh, so yeah, I was just, um, that, that, that made me think about that. And then, so the difference between an artist and a craftsman is like, yeah, sometimes yeah, you're, you're pulling from those inner, your inner self in a way that, that 
touches yeah everyone from your neighbor to the art critic like you said well, yes sometimes when you're really lucky yeah yeah <laughs> but, yeah but also like what i think is that having an education isn't necessarily it's not necessarily helpful when it comes to art because you learn so many rules um and sometimes that can be a hindrance it can actually block the flow because you've learned so many i mean picasso had a great quote about that which i can't remember but he said learning the rules so that you can break them learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist or something yeah 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 there's some people like him that have a formal education and then then break all the rules and then other people that don't have any formal education and they're just somehow they just they just create their own style and, and um, like Caravaggio, like they know he did some kind of an, in, uh, like a apprenticeship, but there's no work from him from that period. There's no works from him until he's like 20. Yeah. And then, then he creates the still life and he creates these everyday photos that weren't religious. And then he takes Kiroscuro and, and goes in a direction nobody had seen a level of realism that, his contemporaries were criticizing as being unimaginative because it was too real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, of course there's a discussion around that today as well. Like you have uh, the Norwegian master or maestro of paint, Odnardrum. He's really big in America actually, but he's not really accepted into the narrow little art world because uh, yeah, because he calls it kitsch. Uh, so he's kind of very conscious in the fact that what he does is copying other great artists' style. But um, today, in order for that to be successful within the contemporary art world, you have to kind of distort it somehow or you have to deface it. Or, But I'm not, you know, I'm, craftsmanship within art is fantastic. Uh, and obviously you can combine the abstract and the intuitive with which is you know what i tend to tend to do in my work a combination yeah. of no yeah like when you told me when you when you told me about how integral dreams were in your life um it made sense to me because of this i i i said this before like you're uh your paintings have a very dreamlike quality to me where sometimes you're, you're seeing images and then they're, they're ineffable in a way Like you're trying, you're struggling to see exactly, exactly what is, what is happening. And that dreams have that feeling sometimes, sometimes when you wake up, like I'll remember very distinctly certain aspects of it, but other aspects are fuzzy. And I, yeah. I love that. I love that about your work. It feels that way to me. Oh, thank you. I, a certain work, comes to mind which is called faith in the unseen um okay. it's a painting where it depicts a character woman with a certain madonna madonna quality it's a green portrait and there's uh -huh. a hand on the heart and there's all sorts of different styles in there and her and eyes are closed her eyes are closed yeah i, I remember seeing that yeah okay and this painting <laughs> came as a result of several dreams uh, where I was 
very overwhelmed one day with all of the creative impulses, you know, like, like I said before, if you can do anything, that's a lot. I mean, if you're allowed to do anything, create anything, it can, it can become overwhelming to distill all of these different aspects. And, um, so I was just, I was feeling very overwhelmed and defeated. And you know what, I, I was giving up on the art career again, which <laughs> I think I've done probably 50 times in the last few years. And wow. then, you know, I changed my mind every time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of a roller coaster. But this day I was just heavy and defeated and dark and there's no point, you know. And the following night, I have a dream where a voice says to me, why don't you paint that feeling? Which was interesting because it's exactly the same sentence that an art therapist in my course had said to me a couple of years earlier. Why don't you try that feeling of overwhelm, of, of having so many impulses, of wanting to do everything? Why don't you just, why don't you paint that? And so that's how it began. And then several other paintings of, of um, the Virgin or several other dreams of the Virgin Mary and other things have, have kind of worked their way into the painting as well. But that's why I've called it. Yeah, the other one was I had a dream. And, and the day before, I was feeling just really uncertain and had lost all faith in myself, you know, yeah. which happens every now and again. And, uh, and that night I had a dream of a hand on I think it was my hand on my heart and the words trust came up in both English and Norwegian which is my my first language yeah and so and the feeling of just complete and utter trust in the heart you know and so when I woke up I knew that that had to make its way into the painting as well and so the title faith in the unseen it that's what it's about you know you can't see it yet but, you know, just taking that first step, you know, into the darkness. Yeah. And then I think everybody um, can relate to that. Um, I appreciate you being vulnerable. And because so many, so many, so much of what's presented on social media is just, is almost extreme, extreme confidence and capability and, and uh, determinedness to succeed and whatever the person's trying to, to show. And if you could just, be like me, you can also do this many push-ups or be rich or beautiful and sexy or whatever it is. So like I love vulnerability is 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 so human. And to see an artist making such beautiful things and hear that, yeah, I've 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 thought I've thought many times that this is it and I shouldn't do this anymore. It's that's there's a there's a lot of people whatever whatever it is someone's list that's listening to this is struggling to do even just be a parent or whatever your job is or finish school um it's okay to have those feelings you know it's like (laughs) and uh sometimes you do decide to go a different direction but know that like even people that are killing it um also feel that way so thanks for sharing that it's my pleasure. It's yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I think it's also the fact that as humans, we just love stories. 
And mm-hmm. being vulnerable, I mean, it's just a better story, isn't it? Like being, yeah. telling the truth about what's actually happening and people can sense it. I mean, you can, you can smell it. If it's For the sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's fascinating to, to us as humans. It is. Well, when you see, when I see vulnerability, when I hear a story, when I hear someone struggle, when I hear how they overcame it or what tools they used, it gives me more reference points and more confidence and more courage and more forgiveness for myself for feeling any of those kind of things myself, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, like I said to you before, when I hear people complain about social media and Instagram being toxic and all of that stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? You should check out my feed. It's like the most motivating (laughs) life building uh, thing in the world. And I've sat there looking at other people with tears in my eyes and just going, thank you. Thank you for, for being there and for saying that because you give me courage, you give me hope and you give me faith. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. That's an important reminder too of like with social media, it's, it's in some way it's, it's everything. So you get to choose what the algorithm knows what to show you because of your, of what you're curious about or interested in or drawn to. So um, when you're drawn to beautiful things, it tends to show show you more of that or you know um and and beyond that yeah like there are a lot of people and and thing in in uh pages i follow where i just am an observer and then occasionally uh there's there's a a page i follow where i'm actually able to connect with the person and and right now like this conversation we're having happened because of the magic of satellites that are that you and i have no idea like like someone could throw all the parts in front of us and they could say, make a satellite. Like, nah, <laughs> just, <laughs> we have yeah, no idea how it works. It's mind blowing. And I think now more than ever, it's just really important to be, to have discernment when it comes to what you want to let in because everything's mm-hmm. there. Absolutely yeah. everything. And, and so you just, you have to be, okay, so what are my values? What do I want more of? And what do I want less of? And then, I mean, you can click on it now. No, it's inappropriate. I don't want to see that anymore. And then <laughs> you yeah, exactly the algorithm, you know? Follow, block, ignore, all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Exactly. Uh, some uh, with uh, with regards to that, um, and then this uh, this idea of like finding your own path and being your own thing, whether and whether it's through your dreams or through you know your conscious determination. Um, it reminded me of something uh, Oscar Wilde said. And he said, uh, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions, their lives, a mimicry, their passions, a quotation. And I think we have to be careful of that, uh, of like listening to our own dream and our own path, you know, and not, not trying too hard to be what the what the face on the screen tells us <laughs> should be you know it's, right it's been a recurring theme for me and i it just reminded me and i'd like to just tell you about one dream that i had which completely yeah. just described 
what I've been doing for the past few years. And also probably the most important dream, um, at least one of the most important dreams I've had in recent years, which clarified things for me. And I think I have a feeling that other people might resonate with this. Um, So I'll start by by making a confession. I sometimes scroll and sit and watch, look at other people's profiles and go, wow, for much longer than I should. Oh, wow, look at what she's creating. Look at her paintings. Oh, look at his paintings. Oh, maybe I can just do that. Because everything, what he does is so coherent and makes so much sense. And the paintings look kind of like each other. And he's made it. And yeah. I'll zone out and do that. You know, doom scrolling, isn't that what it's right. called? Yeah. And so what, this was in the middle of my art therapy course, I think. I have this dream where I go up to, we're in a classroom, and I go up to the blackboard and I write lots of words all over the blackboard, fill it up with words. And then I realize uh that the assignment that the other pupils have have been given just one sheet of paper and they only write one word on it. And so I go and get a piece of paper, which is of even poorer quality. And I just, because that's what they did. So I just pick a piece of paper as well. And I just write joy on it. And then that, and then I just, it just feels dumb and stupid. So I just scribble over the word joy, pick another piece of shitty paper and write the word <laughs> Are you ready? Ambivalence. Ambivalence. Wow. Well, ambivalence. First of all, I, I start out by filling the entire blackboard. And because everybody else only, because they've picked only a sheet of paper. Yeah. I do the same. And then because I feel so dumb, I even scribble out my joy, you know? And right. I'm left with ambivalence. <laughs> wow. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. And that was... That was a profound dream to realize I was erasing my own joy in order to fit in and just sat there with this crappy piece of paper with the word ambivalence on it. But gosh, I mean, like to, to, to see that so clearly in real time, sometimes people don't, re- sometimes people don't make that kind of realization until they're on their deathbed. So in their final years and they realize they've wasted their, they threw away their joy for the pursuit of money or things or whatever. And that was part of the story of my book is that, um, you know, for the first couple decades of, you know, until I hit that crisis, I, I was pursuing the, the things I thought I was supposed to because of how I was raised and, and society and, and all the other kids in the classroom, I was, pursuing what I thought I was supposed to. And it, and it took, it took a dark night of the soul to kind of like wake me up to following my own dreams, you know, and, and um, what a gift it is that you have that and listen to that. It's a gift. It's a gift to have it. And then, you know, you're, you're uh, good for you for like, like listening to that and refining it. Um to 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 to, ins- to inspire in in uh, your your life, which is so cool. It's a work in progress. I'll tell you that it's uh, <laughs> yeah. not done overnight. But to be awake in that and to be conscious of it is a very important first step. You know, mm-hmm. and then you have to keep on reminding yourself. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've, I've encouraged people and shared and been vulnerable about how therapy helped me over the years and dreams. I don't, I, I didn't speak as much about that as other aspects, but dream work is so, so powerful. So whether someone, whether you explore just traditional Jungian therapy and psychology, which actually one of my next guests is a, a therapist who focuses on that. So I'm excited to kind of dive into that with her. But whether you do kind of a more traditional psychotherapy route or explore art therapy, um, it's it's a powerful thing to be in touch with your actual dreams as you're trying to live your dreams. What uh, what advice might you have for people on um, or either what advice might you have on people like for like to, to like refine and listen to your dreams and, or um, what other like kind of breakthroughs came for you from your, your experience with art therapy? When it comes to dreams, I would say um, probably don't Google it. Don't Google symbols because because dreams are very personal. And for me, I don't have a lot of knowledge about symbols or history in, in that sense. And also, I had a very good teacher um, who had been analyzing his own dreams since he was 14 and he's, he's now in his 50s. He always said, you know, that's the last thing you should do. You, you might do it after you've worked with a dream. You know, go to your symbol encyclopedia. But before that, try to work with it as intuitively as you can. I mean, you can draw the dream. I did that for, I used to do that a lot. And now I don't really do that anymore. I just sit down and I close my eyes and uh, I'll ask divine intelligence. Is there anything I've missed out on? Is there anything? Because my dreams are so clear that often the wisdom is just there. I know what it's about instantly. I know wow. what it's trying to tell me very often but other times i'll sit down and i'll ask if there is anything and sometimes the dream wants to go into your body uh, and you just work with it very intuitively and you can even take sit down close your eyes and you know take a few breaths and relax and take in the previous day at the same time as you take in the dream just energetically in your body that's been powerful as well Okay. And there can be, and just sit and relax and don't try and do anything, but just keep the consciousness, the energy of the previous day in your, in your body and in your mind at the same time as the dream and just let it do its thing, you know, just sit with that for a while, 10 minutes and see what mm -hmm. happens. I think it's important. Like your, your, your brain is obviously whatever, whatever's happening, your brain is working on something to, to, to ignore it is, yeah, you, you, you're, you're the deepest part of you is 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 showing you what you're concerned about or what you're hoping for or what you're scared of um and sometimes what, what you're in the weirdest, avoiding. That's, yeah that's what, what you're avoiding yeah very um, often that's what i'm avoiding there was a book i read a while back called no know, knowing your shadow and it was it was they talked a little bit about about dreams and and the shadow aspects of ourselves and he gave an example of uh this uh group of women that were in a, like a cancer, cancer support group. And the 
one lady who was always super positive and upbeat, you know, came in one day and she was really agitated and upset. And when, when it was her turn to speak, the, the therapist was asking, you know, well, what, what's going on? She's like, I just had this, this terrible dream. And there was this bear and this bear was chasing me. He was so angry. And, and they did some work and, and she kind of embodied the bear and realized, and she finally broke down and cried for the first time. She realized she was angry about having cancer and, and why me and I take care of myself and um, I, I eat healthy and all these things. And, and in spite of that, I've, I'm, I've got this thing. And it was, uh, she realized she was not letting herself feel her emotions and she didn't get that. And then, and then once she, once she did, she was able to then process, I, I, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. Uh, but she had just kept telling herself, you need to stay positive and you need to be happy and, you know, put this put this happy face on the situation to get through it. But, um, but then she had pushed the anger down into the, uh, Kim Wilbur calls uh, the, the recesses of her mind, but it's still there. There's a, there's a great uh, story. He, uh, this author told about uh, shadow work, you know, yeah, yeah. Being something that we've shoved into like, our, you know, the recesses of our mind and gave an example of, uh, like if you were sitting in a, like a very, very dimly lit room and off in the corner, you saw this snake. So you just avoided that part of the room because you knew there was this dangerous snake. But then if someone walked in the room and flipped the light switch on for just a second and you could see that the snake was really just a coiled up rope. If they turn the light back off again, because you had seen it, like you'd never be scared to go in that part of the room and you have greater access to your space, which is what <laughs> at its best yeah. therapy can do to us, right? Uh, so yeah, the, if you're listening, if you, if you haven't explored any of that, whether it's traditional therapy or, or art therapy, um, I, it's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, so I, I think that's just helpful for people to know, like uh, with 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 your dreams. Yeah, paying attention to them, having a dream journal if you don't remember them, writing them down, and then just develop some kind of a practice for for analyzing them and thinking about them and contemplating. And if you don't know what to do with them, that's where a, a good therapist. Not every therapist does dream work, but finding someone that to kind of help you walk through that. And I think that's helpful too. Not not googling. I've had some people say, oh, well, in uh, whatever tradition, the Native American traditions or this, you know, this other tradition, a snake always, if you dream about a snake, it always means this. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that either. That like, it's, it's Maybe sometimes, something. but yeah. I, think, I think another helpful thing is uh, what I've noticed is that people really love to. Exter like externalize the dreams and kind of make them about the people who appear in the dream, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's about my mother because she was really my, mm -hmm. so the dream confirms that she's in the wrong and I'm right. And that's interesting because I even forget that. And this has been told to me in a dream. I mean, you're never going to have any proof of any of this, obviously. And, I, and what I've, been told and experience this is also my experience and i've also been told this in a dream i'm not saying that that makes it that's not proof and nobody knows nobody even carl jung says as a disclaimer you know when you're talking about dreams you're 
you're walking on treacherous ground. And he was a master of interpreting dreams. Yeah. So you're not going to know, but my experience is that everything in the dream is you or is a representation of you. And if you look at it that way, and then you play around with it, I mean, there's no formula here either, but if you play mm -hmm. around with it, you just test it out. Try being the car or the sofa or your mother or the slug or the snake. What happens then? You know, does it come, does something, does it bring something up? And my teacher used to say, if it opens something up in you, whether it be sadness, anger, love, anything, once that has been opened up, it's served its purpose. You can put it away and continue yeah. with your day. Yeah. That's, that's a powerful reminder too, that like our, our shadow can be, uh, again, Wilbur calls those either attraction shadows or allergy shadows. So it can be something really, really negative about ourselves that we're not accepting, addressing, embodying, or something beautiful about ourselves that we also won't accept. And those things show up in our dreams. And like I dream about this beautiful person or this amazing person or this attractive person. It's something about ourselves that we haven't accepted or embodied or, or um, um, I don't know, allowed in our, in our life and our psyche and our, our belief system. Um, I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this last time, that whole three, two, one method where you, there's a way of yeah. embodying. Yeah. 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 Well, you talked about talking to the thing. Yeah. So talking, talking to whatever that thing is and then talking and talking as it stepping into, into the bear yeah, um, that's actually, that's something we were told. If I had a dream about, uh, you know, Lady Gaga, that was just the first name that popped into my head. And I was full of admiration for her. Then my art teacher would most definitely say, well, wear her, put her on and be her today. Mm -hmm. Because there's, it's probably a compensation for something, which yeah. it was. Like I'd gone into and I'd felt defeated or I'd, had no self-esteem the day before and then a dream about somebody real full of self-confidence and power comes up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as I, I, when my, um, when I was making the, when I moved into my place here and I was, I was building my furniture and my stepdad had just died. Uh, and he was always, he was always very creative creative in a, but in a practical way he just kept kept everything and would when he would make he made a they, my parents retired and they lived he was an engineer that worked on like you know the space program but then they retired and they lived on this farm and he built you know he built the chicken house out of like the most random whatever he had he used like the the door from our old house and all these random boards and it looked like you know like a child had made it yeah because it was just no it was pure pure function and and the form was the most uh uh it was almost like an artist was a trying to make it as as abstract as possible um but i always respected his his practicality and his and also his skill so i was i was making my own furniture and making it out of all this old lumber and things i had found and i had this dream he had never been in my house because he had died before that. But I had a dream he was in my 
my home and I was showing them all the things I made. And I'm like, oh, I got, this is an old box that was from 1899. And I, this is how I made the lid. And he didn't say a word in the whole dream. He just, he just smiled and nodded and raised his eyebrows and uh, just was an attentive listener. And I was just so proud to show him, you know, and it was just me learning to feel okay about what I was doing or, or proud of what I was doing and recognize, uh, you know, the, that it was, I don't know, just, just, just all, all these, but it was like, it, it was embodied in gym. You know, I, I was look, you know, it was this, the, 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 the respect I was wanting from him was something I really wanted, you know, from myself. And it was. Exactly. It was to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's how yeah. dreams can just make you, can give you all sorts of things and remind yeah. you of all sorts of beautiful things. These deeper like, lessons. So, uh, well, it's, uh, it's been, um, it's so fun hearing that. I think that's such an important, an important lesson for people to, to be reminded of and, 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 I hope uh, if if you love art, uh, if you want more interesting, positive things in your feed, check out Tonya's uh, Instagram pages, Tonya Mo, T-O-N-J-E-M-O-E. I'll put that in no, the show notes. The, the M-O-E one, I can't access. So it's actually Tonya Moore. T-O-N-J. Oh, more. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for to me. So Tonya Moore, I will... Uh, have all that in the show notes so people can find that easily. But yeah, the, not only for your uh, follow, Tonya, not only if you want something positive in your feed, she makes beautiful, amazing art, but your stories are so, so nice and, and creative. I love seeing the, I love seeing the, I don't know, the, this fun side of you where you're sometimes show your creative process or dancing or, with it, your fun masks or, or the, your stories of your walks to your studio uh, are just beautiful. It's so different than what I, I don't see anything like that on my day to day. I don't have any, I don't have mountains and uh, all the, the things you have right there. Just, it's just uh, gorgeous. And I love that you share that. Well, thank you so much. I've actually, it, that's a result of, well, I have done it before as well, but I've actually made a conscious decision to, really embrace where I'm at and to look for the good stuff that's here because I'd actually really like to move way further south because northern Norway the Arctic is just very extreme you know we have the midnight sun now the sun doesn't set and in the winter you, there's just no light for a couple of months yeah but having said that there is like you said you know spectacular beauty and there's fresh air and there's at the moment, it's just stunning. So Flowers. I decided to, to start focusing more on the positive things about this yeah. place that I live in. So you know, I, I, I think that's it's a good reminder because like, you know, for a lot of years, I, the last few years I've been able to travel more and I've had some people say, Oh, I wish, I wish I could travel or I can't travel or my, I've, since I have little kids or whatever it is, whatever reason, um, they're not traveling. And I've been thinking about that for the, for the many years when I couldn't travel, I tried my best to, to have adventures where I was and yeah. see the, and my mom, my mom was, 
she wasn't a formal artist, but she was always good at art. Like from time she was little. And like, even when I was a kid, if she packed my lunch, she would draw pictures on my lunch bag, just Batman and Robin or, or something about Christmas or whatever was going on. She would draw these fun little pictures just before she was going to work. She would do that, which, um, but she always taught me to look, you know, to, to look at what I was seeing, look at that bird and look at that rock and look at that tree and look at that sunset. And, uh, even after she died, um, I just found, I found that instinct was still there to try to, to see things. And like yesterday or a couple of days ago, it was raining really hard and I kept waiting for it to stop raining before I go for a walk, could go for a walk, which is dumb, right? Like it was not, it's not cold. So finally I'm like, well, if I'm going to walk today, I'm going to have to walk in the rain. And I, did, <laughs> I had so much fun walking in the puddles and seeing the streams full of water and, the branches way down on trees. And, um, I think if we don't, yeah, if we don't stop and, and really take a look at what's around us, it's easy to like then think about somewhere else. That's just different. Yeah. 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 And I also think that in terms of being able to, to create that change, you know, to manifest that move, uh, I don't think it's a very good energy to be in to to constantly go. I just want to. How do I get? How how do I get away from here? How can mm-hmm. I escape this place? How can I? I just want to move. I just want to leave. I just want to leave. It doesn't work. I've been doing that. You know, haven't been very conscious in a little bit conscious. I don't do that all the time, but yeah, yeah. I just made a very sort of powerful decision that I'm not going to do that anymore. We, we're here now. And it's just a waste of energy and it just doesn't feel nice to be like mm-hmm. really yeah. where you're at, you know, it's, it is yeah. a beautiful space. And Instagram has actually in a way made me more aware of it because people like you comment and say, wow, because I'm so used to it. I get, I get immune to it in a way. And then there's right. other people in this world who are like, Oh my God, that's my, dream to live with with a view like that <laughs> because yeah. i have a yeah. wonderful view from my kitchen or from from the house you know close yeah, that, to the water I think it's, and there's mountains yeah that is at that walk to your studio with all that beautiful lake and and then seeing i think it's one of the first comments i made on your page was like you kept posting this one lake at different times and how the colors were changing yeah, and it reminded me of that the series that Monet did, where he would go and just paint the same thing over and over and over again during the same day, as as the colors would change, you know, as the sun was going up or sun was going down, and how different a single object could look within minutes of each other, you know. And you were capturing some of that, which was neat. Yeah, it's actually the view from my from our veranda, and it's not a lake; it's a fjord. <laughs> oh wow okay important distinction there we have lots yeah, of yeah. in norway like lots and lots and um yeah it's it's absolutely stunning and especially in autumn and in spring as well you get these colors in the sky which just i'm not sure that i've seen anywhere else and it it does change by the minute so sometimes i'm like okay. oh that's beautiful and then 30 seconds later, I'm running out to the balcony again and taking another picture. 
Yeah, no, that's, you saying that's that, so cool. it reminded me that I have to make, I have so many pictures, you see, <laughs> because you have, the phones bring up, categorize your pictures now, you know, and, and so it's made this category, category called nature. And in that, all of these pictures of the fjord and the mountain came up. So I, I thought to myself, I have to make a proper post or a tight, like some kind of video, a reel with all of these images. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it, it's just, it's a good reminder. It's sometimes like the things, it's just like the, the, the dreams. It's a good reminder for yourself and for others of like, yeah, just, just stop and look at what's around you. Look at that. I went for a walk with a friend the other day and they saw a squirrel they had never seen before. Like there's a, there's a, most of the squirrels that live around here are gray but we yeah. have these little funny uh, red squirrels called fox squirrels, and they had never seen one in their entire life, and they're pretty rare. We but have I pointed only, out, I'm like, only the red ones here. Yeah, and then yeah. like in Europe, the ear, their their ears are kind of pointy. Yeah. Like, what's in a German? They're called Eichhörnchens. Yeah, Echo. Like, uh, Echo in Norwegian. Echo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like an, it, the word oak is mixed in there, right? Oh yeah, that, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, in uh, German, Eichhorn means little little horned oak creature. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, just little things like that. Oh, I've never seen a squirrel like that before. Uh, anyway, it's, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's so important. Uh, pay attention to your dreams. Pay attention to the world around you. Just appreciate the world around you, uh, and. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so well, Tonya, I, I so appreciate you taking time to chat with me this morning and, and and or morning for me and afternoon for you. Yes, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for reaching out. That was um, very nice. I really appreciate it because I'd actually been wanting to uh, to talk about these things. And like I said to you, I had it in my mind. I'd been thinking it'd be nice to do a podcast and talk about these things that just really interest me. And there yeah, you are. No. Following yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I super, I, I always love connecting with new people and it's, it's fun diving into, you know, an, an artist who's, you know, and hearing, hearing, yeah, it's not always easy. You do struggle sometimes, uh, how you benefit from therapy, uh, how you, uh, how you benefit and use your dreams in your, in your life and in your art and in your work. I think those are all, all important lessons for people. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. And um, I appreciate watching your journey from afar. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for being you and, uh, and sharing your story here on It's the Journey. Thank you so much, Carlo. Okay. You, all right, have a lovely day and uh, talk soon. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.